0: Simone Fontecchio and Omer Yurtseven lead the Utah Jazz to two impressive wins over the New Orleans Pelicans after they look dreadful in Portland and LA. Why, of course, it's the NBA. Next on Locked On Jazz. bum 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 bum. You are locked on jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz. Jazz NBA insider. Today, we look at the Jazz impressive win last night and their two impressive wins with a bunch of different notes on, really, against a Pelican team that was red hot. Simone Fontecchio and Omer Yerksaven seem to have been the answer for the Jazz in the starting lineup. What? And I don't know how it lasts with Larry Marketing coming back, so we'll look at that. And we're about... Game 18, 19, 20. So we'll take a little status check of where the NBA sits today as well in our third segment. Bunch of different things to talk about. Keontae at a career high. We'll touch on all of those as we continue. As I mentioned, I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day, thank you for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free. We're available on all podcasting apps, including YouTube, where the conversation continues. And feel free to throw me a tweet at, at @dlock09. So if you don't don't want you to feel left out of the conversation, um, I check those occasionally. Not I'm not on it. I'm not on it like Ron Boone is, evidently. Lacey came by our broadcast site yesterday. And Lacey had done something, and I hadn't seen it yet. Ron Boone like, oh, I saw that. So Ron Boone seems to be much more active on X than I am. Uh, thank you very much for anybody who leaves a five-star review on any of the platforms. And please, if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe, and then hit the little bell button, because it'll tell you every single time um, we premiere. Uh, shout out to, uh, it looks like, Jose, who said, I've been listening to Locked On Jazz since 2011. Definitely a must listen for jazz fans. David's Insights amazing. Puts in a lot of effort and energy passion for the jazz thank you very much for that review on itunes all right uh and thank you to the everydayers that are out there that join us each and every day here on locked in jazz well that was impressive you can kind of go look at the first one and say they're without out cj McCollum, they're without Trey murphy they're without zion williamson and they really just have these gaps of times when ingram and zion and cj are all off the floor when they really can't score and they're just too thin, and you can look at it, say that the Pelicans were on a back end of a back-to-back and on Saturday, and the Jazz were without Jordan and Lowry, but the back back end of back-to-back on that L.A. back-to-back is a big, 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 big deal. Not much you can say about last night. All you can say about last night is the Pelicans had come into Salt Lake City having won five of six. They had beat Dallas, Denver, Sacramento twice, and the Clippers. They were rolling. They had won those five games by a combined 77 points. And I don't know if the nightlife of a Sunday night in Salt Lake, okay, probably not. Um, But the Jazz took control of that game last night and really did everything really, really impressively. One, they took control of the game. That's wildly important for us so far this year, whether we play from ahead or behind. The, the win on Saturday night was the first night time all year in which we trailed either at halftime or going into the fourth quarter in which we won a game. So we are one in 11 when we trail going into the third, we're one in 10. When we trailed half. So last night we played from ahead. That was huge. Then the third quarter was incredible. The third quarter itself had 16 lead changes. Well, that's hard. Like, that means every time you're making an inroad, they're answering. They're making an inroad. They're answering back and forth, back and forth. Like, that takes some real resiliency. But, frankly, we hadn't seen a lot. When I asked Will Hardy last night before the game, what were some of the things he was most pleased with in regards to Saturday? I actually asked him what they showed in the film. One of the things he talked about was the fact that on Saturday's win, when things didn't go right early, the, they, they were executing the process of doing things right, the ball wasn't going in, they stayed with it. And they didn't then go rogue and go, I'm going to go one, you know, one-on-one, do something like that. The Jazz had like a four-play sequence where they went rogue last night. Talon pulled for an off-the-bounce three in transition, and then it kind of led to a bad defensive possession, which led to, it was just a bad, bad sequence of plays all of a sudden. And that's just not a smart, like, Talon's developing and doing all sorts of things well, but Talon pull-up threes is five of 22 on the season coming into the game. Like, that's just not a shot he should be taking on a pull up three in transition. Like, at some point, you got to know yourself. Like, if you have to take that, that's fine. But Kalen's done a nice job being up to about 36% on his catch and shoot threes. It's not because of his off the bounce game. So it was just like there was a tiny little sequence where we just, we got, we went, we lost our bearings, but then we pulled it back together. It was pretty great. So, and then in the fourth quarter, they're not great in fourth quarters actually this year. They're the 27th ranked team with an 88 offensive rating in, in the clutch. They get very stagnant. Um, they run some good horn stuff in creative things, but they, they, it's not where Zion and Ingram look at their best. And the Jazz took advantage of that. And then the Jazz did really what Will Hardy always wants them to do, which is he got the ball out of the hands of Ingram and Zion. Zion did not take a shot in the final five minutes. He was in, closed the game. And Ingram was not in the game. Ingram took, took a few because he's Brandon Ingram, but then Herb Jones hit a monster three. He's not a great shooter. And then Herb Jones missed a monster three, and then uh, Marshall had to take another shot. You had broken their rhythm a little bit. So just a really impressive, resilient win and a really impressive sweep. It's interesting, the Jazz did the same thing to the Pelicans last year in December and kind of derailed their season. Um, So I, you know, and then add in the fact you're doing it without Lowry. They're without CJ, fine, but we're without Lowry, which is really how this team's been built. Um, And and these are one, you know, we've talked about this a lot, our one top hundred player. On the roster, and everybody else stepped up. It's a sign of how good NBA players are. Um, but that was really impressive. And then you kind of dig in another level about last night that was even more impressive was we didn't do it in our usual fashion. So what we've been doing this year is our offensive rebounding is incredible and have had such a huge edge on teams with offensive rebounding. And, you know, frankly, that that wasn't really what happened last night. We didn't have our 30% offensive rebounding numbers the way we so often do. Um, York Savin did a nice job in the glass, and Walker had a good game, and, and those two really combined to be to be really solid, valuable pieces of a formidable defensive line last night. But the offensive rebounding number for us was, I think, at 26%, which puts us right in the middle of league average. Well, there, there's nothing about our offensive rebounding game that has been league average this year. In fact, we've survived days. Because of offensive rebounding, So we didn't do it in our traditional fashion. We we had a huge edge behind the three-point line. Which if you play the Pelicans, you have to have. The Pelicans are, they take the, I think they're 28th in the league in defending the three. And they're are 28th or 29th. They allow the second or third most amount of threes. And they take the second or third fewest. So it's a real math problem for them on a nightly basis. Um, one of the other things that's happened here that's interesting is we're suddenly throwing passes. So, it was kind of, we didn't talk about it a lot, but when Keontae moved in, something happened when Keontae moved in the starting lap that we stopped passing the basketball. Um, I don't know if Keontae plays slower, and so we were coming up a little bit later in the possessions if everyone just was playing off Keontae. But all of a sudden, we had, were throwing 270 passes a game. Now, let me say this about passes. I, It's a funny, it's a funny stat. Um, and I have yet to really find any correlation between passes and good offense. Obviously the Warriors pass it a lot, but one of the best offensive teams of all time was the, was the uh, Houston Rockets and they passed it almost none. And so I think that you, um, I think you can get a little kind of overblown on this, but this was noticeable when Keontae became our starting point guard we went to 25th in the NBA in passes to 270 passes a game and had some, had some really low number of passing games. Like, you know, we opened the year, we had 310 against Phoenix and we had 326 against Memphis and 320 against Orlando and 320 against Minnesota. I mean, some of those are not very good days. And then Keontae comes in and starts and against Indiana, we throw 270 and Memphis we throw 270 and then all of a sudden against Portland. We threw 249 and then against Phoenix, we drop down to 228. And then in our next game against Phoenix, we throw 100 more passes than we did in the previous game, which was really weird. And then we go to Lakers and throw 262 passes. It's, it's ugly. And we play Portland and we throw 287 passes. It, it, it's not It's not great at this point. Well, the last two games against New Orleans, and this is a little bit of the way they play defense. They overshift and they yield you to do this. We threw 325 passes in the first matchup and we threw 310 passes last night. So when Keontae came into the starting lineup, we dropped to 25th in the NBA in passes to 270 a game. In the last two games, we threw 325 and 310. For a team in which the head coach has said, if you don't pass and you don't play hard, you don't, you don't get to play, that's a pretty important number. That's a pretty important number. So those, I mean, i am I'm, I'm sitting here today as impressed by the Utah Jazz team as I have been all year. Simone Fontecchio and Omer Yorksaven were a large part of that. Um, and we'll get to that. I've also got a few other notes on um, attacking Zion, Walker's defense, Chianti, uh showed some real growth last night, and then Fontecchio and Yerkeshaven were both terrific. So we'll get to all of those things. We're just getting started here on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street. And in Linden and in Logan, I got to see blake in bed last night which i really like it makes me happy uh blake had his son with him was just a super dude um and then uh had uh, one of his his car guy is uh mr johnson was with him not the olympian uh but similarly named and then i got to see ben murdoch later in the day so that was great um anyway a side note for me that was personally i just enjoy them i think they're good people and i it's an easy and pleasure for me to endorse them in that sense. Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street. Also in Linden and Logan, if you're going to stop by, please let me give you the VIP meeting uh, there at Murdoch Hyundai. They've got the great lineup of cars. The Kona is just super awesome and been revitalized. That's the smallest of the SUVs and the biggest is the Palisade. It's completely beautiful. The electric cars, the Ionic and the I- Ionic 5 and the Ioniq 6 are on fire and absolutely marvelous cars. In every way. It's all over at Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street over in Linden and in Logan. So please feel free to stop by and join and see over at Murdoch Hyundai. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on gets you started on your way to a great deal of fun and Great deal of bonus bets for you over at FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. It's the official sports book of Locked On. It's FanDuel. Here's the deal right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So, In other words, if you took the Jazz last night, despite the fact they were a dog, you would have gotten $150 in bonus bets. It's been If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app's easy to use. A wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over, unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. The FanDuel sportsbook is up and rolling for you tonight. I think this is the final set of in-season tournament games tonight and should be a great deal of fun, Um, and some big ones, if I'm right. I think Minnesota plays Oklahoma City, in a Minnesota's favored by three, and then Sacramento and Golden State play a big in-season tournament game. Sacramento favored by one. Dallas and Houston, if Houston wins that one, I think Houston wins their uh, grouping. Dallas is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. So three monster games um, in the in-season tournament coming up for you tonight. It's all at FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com, slash Lockdown. So let's get to Simone Fontecchio and Omir Savin because they were both truly terrific for the Utah Jazz in their performances um, last. Let's we'll start with Simone. So Will Hardy literally said, "Hey, I want to give Simone the start against Brandon Ingram and against that length to see what his length can do." He's rather than Ochai. He says our instinct is that we go to Ochai in those circumstances. He said, and but he said, "Hey." You know, OJ busts and does every, butts his butt, but he's still 6'4". And there's just certain limitations at 6'4", against the 6'8", Brandon Ingram. So let's see what he does. Well, he got the assignment on Brandon Ingram. And on Saturday, Fontecchio did a pretty good job. Brandon Ingram shot one of eight when guarded by Simone Fontecchio. Fontecchio guarded him for 35 possessions. Or 46% of the time, 71% of the time they're both on the floor. And Brandon Ingram went one of eight. Well, now you got a bona fide score in Brandon Ingram coming back, having gone one of eight against Simone Fontecchio in the first <coughs> matchup. You you know he's gonna adjust. Well, the Jazz held with that matchup. Uh Simone was on the floor with Brandon Ingram. Uh, he guarded Brandon Ingram 60% of the time again last night. And You know, Ingram, again, you're dealing with one of the best scorers in the NBA, so they're going to adjust. Well, again, it was 60% of the time they were on the court, and uh, and they were both on the floor at the same time, and Brandon Ingram went four for 11. Brandon Ingram shot five of 19 in two games when being guarded by Simone Fontecchio, and maybe most impressively, Fontecchio did not foul him a single time last night. Brandon Ingram is not going to kill you if you don't foul him. Like, if you can keep Brandon Ingram... In the mid-range, fading away from the basket, he's not going to kill you. And that's what Simone did. Ingram went 4 of 11, 0 of 1 from 3, did not take a free throw. Was not fouled when guarded by Simone Fontecchio. Wasn't it? Pretty impressive. Um, I don't know that I think Simone, I'm ready to give you that Simone Fontecchio is a defensive stopper the Jazz have been looking for. But I will go with that. What we learned is that his length is more impactful than we thought. His effort and his fight is better is 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 important because he really does do both those things. He got through screens and navigated screens at a higher level than I probably anticipated. And he is at his feet are really good. He's a good. He's much more athletic than I think he is stereotypically thought of. And so he's able to stay with. So now Ingram runs shorter routes, a lot of pin downs, a lot of fight, little kind of things. Maybe just a good matchup. Like, you know, players are different in different circumstances, but those numbers are telling. Five of 19 in the two matchups. Um, and I thought the one that was most interesting, the fact that he's four of 11 last night um, after Simone. I would have given Ingram the edge. Okay, I got, who is this guy the first time? I'm not used to him. Simone, his post-game interview with me on Saturday night, mentioned that he had guarded Ingram and FIBA. And so he was able to take some of that with him into this matchup that he understood how to play him and and how to deal with him and things of that nature. I thought that was an interesting insight from Simone about this matchup. Simone's three-point shooting also really matters. Like he can just get it off. He comes around those picks. He can get the three off. um, He's playing much more comfortably. And let's go back to a story that he told us in the offseason that I don't think many of us were aware about, Simone, which is that Simone, last year, first of all, it is well known that the adjustment for a European player Coming to the U.S. often takes a year. Like so, last year Simone moves from Italy to the United States for the first time with a young child, with his wife who doesn't speak a lot of English, and he's trying to navigate this world. It's nothing about that's easy. Not, going to the grocery store is not easy. Figuring out where you get in your car registered is not easy. None. Of, what am I doing with my child? How am I getting help for my wife? I'm on the road all the time. She doesn't have friends. Is she comfortable driving? All of these things. Like, imagine moving your family to Italy with your husband traveling or being out 65% of the time. Like, none of that's easy. The other, so so that's the first part. And that's why European players usually, you, you judge them based on their second year. And Simone is showing to be a totally different player in his second year. The other thing here is, if you actually go back and look at Simone's season last year, going in, he has that big game against the Warriors. He has 18 points. He's actually playing pretty well. He gets an ankle injury that game and doesn't play for about the next five, then comes back and probably comes back too early and goes two of 13 shooting in his next five games, one of 10 from three. Prior to that moment, and again, it's only 19 or 16 games, is shooting 42% for the field. He's shooting 42% from three. Simone gets hurt in that Warrior game. He finishes out the Warrior game, sits out for a while, comes back, as I just talked about, goes goes one of 10. He then sits out again, and he kind of fights it for the rest of the season, plays with his opportunity, and he ends up shooting 36% and 31% from three for the rest of the year. The end of the year, he basically can't function anymore and has the bone spur off the ankle removed and said it was just a world of difference. Now, he wasn't particularly efficient for the Italian team in FIBA when he's the only offensive player, but you now suddenly look at what he's doing right now for the Jazz, 17 games into a season, which ironically enough is about the exact same amount of games he's played, I think, 15 of the 17, in which he was last year against the, Warriors, against the Warriors when finally he got hurt and kind of may have derailed his season. But if you look at him right now, what, what is he, he doing so far in the season? One, his three-point shooting is at 41%, which is exactly the same number it was last year at this point before the injury. His two-point shooting's way up. His two-point shooting's at 67%, and he's up at 47% overall. Um, and so, you know, that might just be understanding the league and growth. So this is really interesting to me because there's a bunch of factors here that lead you to believe that a lot of what Simone is doing is a really viable reasonable thing he didn't have he had a the coaches he didn't have a good on-floor camp at least I think when a lot of us watched. but he had a very good camp um for the team uh and the coaches talked about that a great deal so he really he's really been terrific that's a great find Omer Yerksaven against Jonas Valanciunas was particularly great and that was the right matchup for him I don't know whether this parlays night in and night out per se but what does parlay in night out night out is that he plays hard that he sets great screens that he's incredibly physical, that he battles for boards, and that he does all the little things right, and he's super smart. He's a psychology major from Georgetown. He's In talking to him, he's really interesting and really bright, but he plays that way too. He understands the game. He understands where he fits inside the wheel, what spoke he's supposed to be. His spoke is not sticking out of the wheel. We've got a lot of spokes that stick out sometimes on this team. And I think thats that 22 minutes is just incredibly solid. Walker was great on the backside of it and allowed Walker to play a matchups that were better for him. Uh, and York Saban will allow the Jazz to do this. Now, does that work against Rudy Gobert? We'll see. Does it work against Memphis's, whoever Memphis is starting at center with their their infirmary of players um, that are out, Steven Adams and et cetera? Um, if it was Steven Adams, it certainly would be a great thing. He's really, really strong. He plays really smart and he plays you know with in the right fashion and i think that's um, i think that's maybe the most important aspect of that he's a good offensive rebounder 19% offensive rebounding rate last night was was valuable but just his overall presence of size and physicality have given the jazz something defensively the last two games that they just haven't had all season long um, and then walker was really good uh, the pelican shot 3 of 13 when walker was the closest defender last night walker was walker was really really good um, last night, so um, you know, I think you have to. You got. I don't want to dismiss what Walker's doing, but I thought Yorksavin just brought an element the last two games. It's going to be interesting to see what the Jazz do moving forward because Lowry moves into the starting lineup. It would seem logical that Yorksavin goes out of the starting lineup, but maybe you start Yorksavin and and Lowry with Simone Fontecchio, Jordan Clarkson, and Keontae George like that. To me, right now, doesn't seem crazy. In fact it might even be the right move, which seems, amaz- seems amazing. Um, but from the way guys have played and earned things, I-, I would argue that those are the five that have earned their way on the floor right now um, on this roster. All right, Keontae George did something really good last night. Other than just a career high and a monster dunk, um, we'll touch on that as well, um, and then we'll take an NBA uh, little NBA check on what's taking place in the um, standings and. Look at a little bit of the advanced metrics to see how everything looks and and what looks. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is your daily leader in daily fantasy sports. It's super fun, easy to play. You're not going up against sharks or experts you're actually just choosing more or less on two to six player stats projections and then you watch the winnings roll in if you nail it plus with basketball season here there's a new picks combo projections football and basketball so you can do combo and special leagues also you can do uh you have the reboot policy prize picks offers reboot if any of your players get hurt they exit the game in the first half do not return in the second your players rebooted and prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance policy so Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy app. And then I've got good news for you. Two things for you. One is today is PrizePicks.com/lockedonNBA. So that's PrizePicks.com/lockedonNBA. If you use the code locked on NBA for your first deposit, match up to hundred dollars. So that's cool. Second thing is Taco Tuesdays. Prize offers weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Pick discounts. Player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Today is Tuesday, by the way. So there you go. It's Taco Tuesday on prize picks. Go to prizepix.com slash locked and use the code locked on for your first deposit match up to $100 with prize picks. So, what I thought I saw out of Keontae, oh, by the way, locked on has launched the first ever national 24 7. YouTube sports stream. It's called Lockdown Sports Today. Go subscribe to it on YouTube and get ready and throw it up on the television. Watch it in the background. you get the biggest sports stories, the local experts giving you all the stories of everything that's taking place. Plus our national shows as well, covering all college, pro, everything else that you need 24-7. Uh, the Locked On Sports Today, first ever national YouTube stream. If you happen to be a Minnesota, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Dallas, or Cleveland sports fan, we have a 24-7 stream for local markets as well in those markets. Go check them out. Locked in sports, Atlanta, Dallas, Los Angeles, Minnesota, and Cleveland. Uh, All right. I thought Keontae was really good in his second, in the back-to-back games against an opponent, which I thought was neat to watch. The Jazz want him turning the corner more. He's coming off the pick and roll. He's a little too passive holding. And they wanted him to turn the corner. And I think he watched film and saw where he could turn the corner. And I thought that was a really cool development for him. Like that he literally had this game. Got to look at film, looked at it, and then he turned the corner with much more aggressiveness around the rim, finishing at the rim better than he has. His two-point shooting's really been been poor. His three-point shooting's getting better. Um, Obviously, the fast break dunk will get all the accolades, the two late threes, but overall, just how he ran the pick and roll, what he did in efficiency from an efficiency standpoint um, last night, and and some of those things are much better. His pick and roll efficiency has been really poor, um, which is fine. None of these things, like, that's just, like, he's a rookie in the NBA. It's brutally hard. Um, but I think he ranked close to last in the NBA and pick and roll efficiency for since he's been in the starting lineup. And some of those passing numbers are because he's, he's holding it a little longer and we just saw a different guy who's, and this is what's going to happen. He's going to develop and grow. Um, but that looked great. And he seems to be kind of fighting through the difficulties and how hard it is to actually do some of those things. Um, in an NBA game. So I thought that was um, really great last night. I don't know if statistically it totally showed up last night. Um, He didn't run, he ran, I think about seven pick and rolls with John Collins and about six with Omir. And I'm not sure that they um, were the plays by which he gets credit for the points. my quick scan of the stats actually showed the opposite that um, his pick and roll efficiency last night was actually super poor, but I can tell you just watching the game, he was much more aggressive, coming downhill, doing things that the coaching staff wants him to do, and you could see that he learned it from the night before. So you're seeing the growth, um, and eventually I think you'll see the the outcomes the way you want to. For the time being, those outcomes are not quite there. All right, one thing I love to do, is, as you guys know, is at this point of the season, let me just double-check my notes for a second. I had a ton of notes last night. So let's review them really quickly. Pels came into Salt Lake rolling. Saturday was unreal fatigue. Uh, was was unusual and fatigue tonight was without Lowry and impressive didn't have a regular offensive rebound third quarter lead changes defense in the fourth quarter clutch 305 passes Kessler 3 of 13 defending Pell's math problem they don't shoot enough threes we took more threes we took advantage of that Keontae's development second team attacking Zion I don't think I really got into Um, I just thought they did a really good job of attacking Zion when it was available to them without getting obsessed with it um, a Zion Zion is one who you can attack. Um, And I thought they did a good job with that. Uh, Fontecchio's defense, Omer's rebounding, Omer being super smart, um, 22 really solid minutes. I think I actually hit all of my notes today. All right. um, Just quickly, here are the – I like to do this week. You usually do this on – I don't know if we used to do this on Mondays or Tuesdays, and then we'll do late game watch tomorrow. Um, So here are the top – And then we usually look at it in two different ways. Uh, We look at the NBA stats and we look at cleaning the glass NBA. And this year it feels like some of the NBA stats stuff, uh, the cleaning the glass takes out blowout time. And uh, it feels as though there's been so many blowouts right now that the NBA stats is maybe... Um, And then we look at kind of the most recent trends. But here are the top six offensive teams in the NBA. Indiana, Philadelphia, Atlanta. I I do not believe Quinn has that team as a top 10 offense. Dallas, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, and Milwaukee. And I cannot really believe that Oklahoma City is a top 10 offense either. Um, So Milwaukee is seven. Top 10 defenses are Houston, Minnesota, Orlando, Boston, Clippers, Knicks, Thunder, Heat is at eight offenses that are scuffling portland is 30th memphis 29th san antonio 28th, detroit 27th, chicago 26th, lakers 25th defensively cleveland 24th pretty interesting the worst defenses are charlotte indiana washington san antonio utah and dallas that's not a surprise atlanta's 24th it's a little bit of a surprise overall net rating this is for the whole season boston is number one tied with philadelphia at 8.6 Oklahoma city's 8.3 then a big drop to Minnesota at 6.4 Orlando is at 5.6 the fifth best differential in the NBA Houston is at 5.1 then Denver is at 4.6 um overall and now let's go to the, where we take out the blowout time and see if anything changes our best offense is Indiana followed by Philly Atlanta Dallas is four Phoenix is five Oklahoma City is six Oklahoma City's the second best shooting team in the league right now I just cannot believe that to be true Um, It's not what I projected at all. That's where I missed on them badly. Milwaukee seven, Brooklyn is eight offensively. The teams struggling offensively are still the same. The defensive best teams in the NBA, if you take out blowout time, Houston's number one, Orlando moves to two, Minnesota at three, Boston at four, Clippers at five, and Oklahoma City at six. And your differential, Boston is one by a good margin. Two, Philadelphia, Oklahoma City at three, Minnesota at four, Houston at the fifth best differential in the NBA. Six is Orlando, and seven is Phoenix. Um, Really, some of that's somewhat surprising. Here's the last two weeks. The number one differential team in the league is Oklahoma City, followed by Milwaukee, Orlando, Phoenix, New Orleans, and Houston. New Orleans came in on fire. Top offenses in the NBA, Phoenix, since Booker's come back, is running at nearly 130. Incredible. Atlanta's number two. Oklahoma City is three. Milwaukee's four. Brooklyn's five. Indiana's six. Defenses, Houston is number one over the last two weeks. Oklahoma City, two. Clippers have checked in defensively now. Number three, Orlando four, and Oklahoma City. Excuse me, New Orleans was five coming into this um, stretch. So very impressive work by the Jazz there to hold them up. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will now send you over to our new 24-7 stream on Locked on Sports Today, the only 24-7 YouTube national stream. Everydayers, I appreciate you. Thanks for making Locked on Jazz your first listen.